You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Yeah, and away we go. Off and running on this Wednesday, September 23rd. Good morning. Welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM. ESPN New York. We are just jam-packed. We are locked and loaded for this uh, Wednesday edition. So let's dive right in. Of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I am on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. Daily poll question will be up shortly. We'll get to that in a sec. But uh, I want to start off because over the last, you know, couple of weeks, as we now look forward to week three of the NFL season, we at the Gordon Damer Show, and by we I mean I, have come up with this very complicated formula to determine whether or not at this point in time where the Jets are in terms of relevancy, right, in the course of the week. Some points, they are not relevant at all. You, you don't want to see anything about them. And then there's other parts of the week where they are interesting and you want to talk about them. So it's tough to know at what point of the week are they intriguing right now. You're just waking up maybe, just getting in the car. So let's go to the handy chart. And the chart says, is this Sunday between 1 and 4? No. That's the time, generally, they are the least relevant. They don't matter at all. You'd almost rather stare at a wall. But it is not Sunday, and it is not between 1 p.m. and 4 p.m., so we can talk Jets. They are far more interesting to discuss because of their ineptitude, which is, I mean, at this point, so overwhelming. You would think, really, this is the impressive part. It is almost, you know, things get bad, and, and then sometimes things are so bad that it almost kind of spirals back the other way where you're almost impressed that you could still even care. At this point, you would think in in this town that we'd kind of be numb to ineptitude, right? That's how strong their awfulness has been. I mean, after all, we got the Knicks. We got the Mets missing out on the playoffs, probably, almost certainly, in a year where everyone that is halfway decent makes it. We have the Giants, who at least they're not the Jets, right? And yet we have the Jets, and they're so bad. They make you actually take a step back and go, whoa, that's awful. And it's strange because have you ever watched, I don't know, a TV show or a movie where you you, maybe you had high hopes for it? Maybe you didn't have high hopes for it, but you figure, you know, let me watch it anyway. And uh, you start watching maybe 10, 20 minutes in, you're like, boy, this is terrible. This This is not good at all. But you keep watching it because you figure, well, you know what, maybe it turns around. Nobody, anywhere expects the Jets season to turn around. We have taken a lot of calls over the last couple of days. The other shows, Rick, Chris, and Dave at 9 o'clock, they take a lot of calls. Barton Hahn take a lot of calls. The K Show take a lot of calls. Have you heard one single person anywhere say, you know what, I think this Jets season is going to turn around? Nobody. Nowhere. No one is that crazy. If you're that crazy, I don't think you can operate a phone. And you take a look, I was taking a look at some stats yesterday, trying to figure, trying to dig up something intriguing about the Jets at this point, and it's hard to find anything. I mean, you're, you're kind of like Indiana Jones looking for the, the lost uh, city of uh, doom or whatever. Um, and you just take a look at the stats, and i got to be honest, in the rankings, when the Jets aren't 32nd in something, you're like, whoa, whoa that's kinda, there's somebody worse. Like third down conversions, I think the Jets are ranked like 28th or 29th. But they're not 32nd. And you think, wow, there are two or three teams that are actually worse. So, look, if you want to get in on the Jets, 
the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. I mean, we've done a lot of Jets talk over the last couple of days. And at some point, you know, it's all been all been said before. But you know what? The criticism of Adam Gase has all been said before, but that doesn't stop people from making it. So if you want to make it, you certainly can feel free. And you know what's interesting? Uh, Keyshawn Johnson was on the K show yesterday, and he actually had something uh, very – well, he had a lot of interesting things to say. But one thing he said – as he was saying it, I'm saying, well, wait a sec, you're actually making the argument counter to the point you think you're making. So uh, maybe we'll play that coming up. Uh, so the Jets are on the table. The Magic 8-Ball is literally on the table. It is literally sitting here right now. So if you have questions for the Magic 8-Ball, who we've all kind of come to an agreement, we trust far more than Adam Gase or Christopher Johnson. So if you have a question about the draft, if you have a question about the ratings, people are surprised the Jets' ratings are down. I, I think it might have something to do with the fact the team's unwatchable. Like, we all agree the team's unwatchable, and then the ratings come out. Like, wow, well, look at that. The Jets' ratings are down. Yeah. Because, I mean, unless you're just a sadist, who can sit and watch that for four hours on Sunday? I mean, you have to really – I mean, that's some uh, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey stuff right there. Right there, boy. Well, it's tough. And uh, so we can get into the Jets, who uh, currently – I was looking yesterday at Tankathon, and – Always good when you are looking at the, the the next year's draft three weeks into an NFL season. Do you realize that right now, as bad as the Jets are, and this is going to change, as of right now, because of the strength of schedule, the Jets would pick 11th. Could you, oh my God, could you imagine that? Picking 11th? And you'd have to think, like if the Jets actually did pick 11th, they'd have to have won six or seven games. And if you do that, oh boy, yeah. guess what? Guess who's coming back? Guess who's back? Yeah. All right. So then you have the Jets. You have the Giants. Who uh, I said yesterday, and I think it, you know, I was thinking about it after the show. If you want to stay relevant, like the the Giants season is a lot more open to interpretation. There's no interpretation when it comes to the Jets season. They're awful. They're brutal. You can't. They're unwatchable. The effort, the uh, execution, all of it, bad. Again, when they're not 32nd in something, you're like, wow, that's, uh, that's better than I thought. But the Giants season is kind of open to interpretation, right? Like they, as we say all the time, you know, the worst record in the last three years in the NFL. But now with the new coaching staff and uh, hoping for Daniel Jones to take this big step up, you can take a look at the first two weeks. And even though they're 0-2 and certainly seem like they could be staring 0-5 in the face and then you get back into the whole thing of, of, of the last few years where the season's over really even before it gets started – but you can take a look at, at the first two weeks and say, okay, this is good. This is an improvement. You know, they came right down to, you know, the final play pretty much the first two weeks against uh, two teams. You know, that are, I think, uh, you know, I'm not saying that either of them, I don't know if the, Steel, the Steelers you think are better than the Bears, but both teams could, uh, you know, be surprising this year. So it's kind of tough to know for sure what direction the Giants season is going. But if they want to, I'm not saying be a playoff team but or even a contender, but if you want to stay relevant, if you don't want this season to feel like last season and the season before and the season before that, you pretty much have to win this week. I mean, I know the 49ers, uh, you know, are, uh, a lot of people expect them to be back in the playoffs again this year, but you take a look at just how banged up they are. Their quarterback is going to be 
obviously less than 100% on Sunday. I don't think he's going to get over that ankle injury that quickly. Um, they're not going to have Nick Bosa. They're not going to have, I don't think, D. Ford. Solomon Thomas is out. They, their, their wide receiver crew is uh, you know, completely decimated. Richard Sherman's out. They have other guys that are missing. Uh, I don't know if George Kittle is going to play this week. Their running backs are all banged up. So this is a game where, look, the Giants, they've come close the first two weeks. This is the week where if you don't want it to spiral out of control, 0-2 is bad, but generally 0-2 teams, if you're ever going to respond, that's when you respond. So let's see if the Giants, after the devastating loss of Saquon Barkley, are going to go out and, and respond. Let's see if Daniel Jones can go out and finally have a clean game, which I think that the the optimism for Daniel Jones taking this step forward, you'd have to say is starting to dissipate a little bit, right? Like the offensive line isn't uh, doesn't seem like through two games any better than it's been the last couple of years, and now you've lost your offensive playmaker. Who doesn't? It's not just about the run game; it's about you know screen passes and dump off and all the you know all the ways that he gets involved in the offense and kind of gives you some energy and can give you that home run ability. So the Giants go out and sign Devontae Freeman. You add him to the mix. But this is a big week. This is a very big week. Because 0-2 teams, if you're going to show anything, this is the time. And if the Giants drop to 0-3, uh, I think that that's when you can start to see the spiral. And it's going to feel, even though it's a new coaching staff and you got to give them time and all these type of things, it's kind of have some, some excuses kind of baked into it at this point because of the way that 2020 has gone. 1-2, and two, I think you can still convince yourself, well, you know what? There's this. You know what? There's that. At 0-3, it's becoming harder and harder to convince yourself that this season isn't going to go the way of the last three years. So the Giants are on the table. The Jets are on the table. And you know who else is on the table? The Yankees. At least, oh, my God. Thank God. At least we have the Yankees, right? We got the Yankees. We got the NBA playoffs. The Nuggets beat the Lakers last night. Uh, so 114-106. So to me... I'm feeling more and more like this every time I see a playoff series where a team gets down 0-2. If you go down 0-2, the real key game is not game three. Like, if you lose game three, the series over. But it's really game four. So I don't know if the, the, the Nuggets are ever going to be able to really get back in this series, but good for them last night that they got a big game from Jamal Murray. And at least the series is, uh, you know, still to be decided. At 0-3, I think the series is decided at that point. And it really feels like at this point... It's uh, the Lakers championship to lose, not just in the, the Western Conference Finals, but the NBA Finals. Yeah, I love that, uh, that we have sound from Adam Silver being asked about uh, when next season is going to start in the NBA. I mean, if you're Adam Silver, they have to be, guys, can I get through this? For, it's almost it's like you would ask your wife, what's for dinner tomorrow while you're eating dinner today? You know what I mean? Like, give her a break. You know what I mean? She'll figure out what's going to be dinner for tomorrow on tomorrow. Why don't you wait until you finish this meal before you start asking about the next meal? I got enough on my hand. I'm wearing this mask around. I got people in the bubble. You know, it's enough is enough. It's the Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM ESPN New York. So our poll question, which is uh, up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, all about the Jets. And I will, uh, I will grant you, three days of Jet poll questions probably is not the way to go. But like right now, the Yankees are, you know, they're they're in the playoffs, but uh, he's still got a little ways to go before the playoffs starts. So he really can't focus anything on that. It's kind of hard, really, to uh, focus too much on the Giants' issues when, you know, like to criticize them while the Jets are basically like a dumpster fire. 
That's kind of hard to do. Uh, it's not NBA season as much as we like to find reasons to, to tap into the Nick you know, delusional fan base. Uh, can't do that. So uh, that's the way it goes. So we are focusing on the Jets once again. And, and look, you, there's times of the week where you focus on the Jets, and there's times where you want to stay as far away as possible. Generally, Sundays 1-4, to four, you, you want to stay as far away as possible. But uh, that's not this time. So our poll question is, at this point, should Jet fans want their team to play better this year? And, and right, it's, it, they're 0-2 to start the season. There's a lot of season left to be played. The NFL season does fly by. Boy, oh boy, it's going to be uh, Halloween before you know it because each week it's just, it just it just goes so quick. But it does have a lot of twists and turns along the way. Like a lot of if you went back to last year through two weeks, everyone would have bet their house that the Dolphins would have been the worst team in football. And somehow, throughout the course of the season, they won a couple of games, and, and, and away you go. So it's not impossible to think, especially considering the Jets, what did they start? One and seven last year, and they did turn things around. So all it takes is one injury or one thing here or one thing there. So the question is, at this point, should Jet fans want their team to play better this season? And at least so far, most people are saying, of course. I don't want to sit there on a Sunday, Gordon, and watch this trek week in. And week out, watch my quarterback play as poorly as he's played, watch the defense basically do nothing, give up 80-yard touchdowns in the first play. It's embarrassing. I'm tired of being a punchline. I'm, I'm tired of being a joke. And I can understand that point of view, right? You have 14 more. You have to sit through 14 more of these if you're a fan. And here's the thing about football. In a baseball season, you know, there's so many games generally that if your team is terrible, I don't know if you if you it's been so long since the Yankees have been terrible, but I don't know if you sit through day in and day out. Yeah, I mean, there's there's you're sitting every week and you're you're certainly watching games even in a terrible season if you're a fan. Uh, and even with the Knicks who are terrible, I don't know if every single solitary game you're sitting starting watching from start to finish. If you're an NFL fan, you, ha- you can't just say, ah, you know what, I'm not going to watch him this week. No, you're watching every single week. So 14 more of these with the way the first two have gone. Uh, I can understand you saying, look, I don't want that. I will sign up for, for mediocre. At the- mediocre at this point would be a huge leap forward. But if, if it were me, if, it were, if I were putting myself in the Jet fan shoes, I would say even though it will be brutal to sit through another 14 weeks of this, I would say absolutely I do not want the team to play any better. The most correctable issue surrounding the team is that the coach is bad. And I don't want to allow him any wiggle room whatsoever. Like all you hear about Adam Gase off the field is that uh, you know he he's he's a great he can talk the foot you know he can talk the game as good as anybody, he can draw up plays, he can do this. But for whatever reason, He's not, a fo- he's not a good football coach. Uh, he's just not. So I think that you need to make it as crystal clear to ownership as possible that you have to. And even the Jets' ownership, which seems completely clueless, you would have to say, if you go, not even a full 14 game, if you have like five more games like they've played, there's no way even the, the delusional Jet ownership would be able to avoid the obvious. So I would say, you know what? I will I will suck it up. 
I will take my medicine as a Jet fan. I've watched bad football before. I will watch bad football again. And I have to, if I could pick one or the other, I have to get rid of the coach. And I would, I would rather... Now, look, there's collateral damage to that. If you're saying that the team is going to stink for the next 14... I mean, the quarterback is almost certainly going to stink, too. You know, there's a very few teams that you can find that are god-awful, and the quarterback plays great. So there's going to be collateral damage to that. But that I think that that's the price you have to pay if you are – this season seems like it's unsalvageable. So if, if that's the case, I don't want to just be mediocre where I can delude myself, right? I can convince myself, well, you know what? Maybe it's not as bad as this. Maybe he just needs more time. Maybe he maybe he's on the right path, and I can't allow him to talk his way out of it. And I think that Adam Gase, if the Jets were to play better, given what we know about Christopher Johnson, I think he would he has that ability to convince Christopher Johnson that firing Adam Gase would be the wrong move. You know what? You know what? I've only had two years. You got to give it more time. We're seeing this thing. We're seeing that thing. I mean, look at Jet fans. They're just as delusional as anybody. How many times have you seen over the last couple of days the the tweet of, of Sam Darnold making that touchdown pass at the end of the game, and the reaction of the fan is, "Well, you know, see, it's there." Or if you can't see the talent by watching this one play, it was thirty-one-six. The game was over. The Niners just wanted to get off their feet. They were so worried about that turf. So, look, uh, Christopher Johnson's delusional. There's a, there's a section of the Jet fan base that's delusional. It's a fan base, right? Everybody's delusional. All right, so that's the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. I said before, Keyshawn Johnson was on with uh, the K-Show yesterday. Does he have a weekly spot now? I think he does. Let's say it, it, it is anyway. Yes, he does. Yeah, he does. So he was on with the K-Show yesterday, and he was talking about the coach, Adam Gase. But – he actually kind of made the counterpoint to what I think he thought the point he, he was making. So here's Keyshawn Johnson. I want to get the uh, – I don't have the uh, the title of it. But it's the one where he's talking about Adam Gase and that he's the problem with the Jets. So play uh, Keyshawn from yesterday if you can, Brian. Anybody that knows football knows that it's the coaches, man. It's the coaching staff. This young man has no players really around him. I mean, Le'Veon Bell and Frank Gore, there's only so much you're going to get out of them, right? And then the offensive line is somewhat, you know, a work in progress. The wide receiving core is pedestrian at best. I mean, it, it doesn't have a whole lot to work with. And when you don't have a whole lot to work with, you want to have a game plan that protects that young quarterback and gives him the best chance to win, um, not put him out there in harm's way. And so far over the last year and a half, it certainly hasn't looked like Adam Gase deserved to be the head coach of the New York Jets. It does not look like that Adam Gase deserved to be hired when he was hired. Why he was hired, I'll never know. Most of the time, when you get a second bite of the apple, it takes a minute. You go sit in the corner somewhere and learn about your mistakes like a kid and right on the board 150 times I will learn how to coach he didn't get that opportunity he passed go to the next step and it's unfortunate but that's where we're at okay so he's making the point that I think about Sam and it's not really Sam's fault it's the coach's fault but he's bringing up well you know what Sam's got a lack of what you know what is he supposed to do right the the running backs really aren't that great the wide receivers really aren't that great well, that's much more of a criticism, not so much on Adam Gase. I guess it's a criticism of Adam Gase because he's not maximizing what talent he has. But really, that's a criticism of the, of the GM. Now, I don't think that most people are going to focus on Joe Douglas so far because 
he hasn't been here that is as long as Gase has been. Gase has been the much more uh, of an issue, and it's just going to take after Mike McCagnan and the disaster that uh, was his tenure. It's going to take a while to dig out of that, right? Like if you have bad drafts and don't stock the team with talent for five years, it's going to take you more than one year to be able to turn that around. But you know, I thought it was interesting that Keyshawn's making the point of you know why Adam Gase is the real problem, but I think he's also kind of giving Adam Gase a little bit of a cop-out too because Adam Gase is not the guy primarily who's picking the players. So when Adam Gase goes to ownership and tries to almost defend your life, if you will, I think he can say, well, look, we, you know, the talent base is going to take us a little while to build this up. Now, that point will be moot if the, uh, the, uh, the Jets continue to play like they have over the first two weeks. No, I don't care who you are. No one, you could be, what is it, Svengali? You could be whoever. You could be uh, Tony Robbins. You could be any, uh, any guru you want. You will not be able to talk your way out of that if, uh, if in fact, it does not change. So that's why I would say uh, that uh, you, you should, if you're a Jet fan, I don't think you want it to change. Don't, uh, don't allow any wiggle room. Like, if you had played the same way the Jets had played last year when they were 1-7 and seven, and there was no second-half turnaround, I don't know that Adam Gase would have been fired after one season, but it would have been a lot harder to make the, the argument, and especially in year two if it does not turn around. I think it's a lot harder for Adam Gase to be able to make the argument. All right, so 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. Uh, just quickly on the Yankees, because uh, we've not really touched on the Yankees that much, and they deserve to be touched is my point. Uh, Yankees beat the Blue Jays last night 12-1. I guess everybody is now uh, okay with Garrett Cole, right? Garrett Cole is, is no longer the issue, right? He has been just exactly what you would expect. And if you're being fair, right? Like, if you're not basing your opinion on hyperbole and, and, and just, you know, sheer opinion, if you're actually basing it on data and actual numbers, you'd have to say that Garrett Cole has been better than advertised. If you take a look at the way he pitched through 12 starts last year, his numbers through 12 starts this year are all superior. And last night, seven innings, what, seven Ks, one run, his ERA down to 2.84, whip under one, 94 strikeouts, 73 innings. Go back and look at what his numbers were through 12 starts last year. His ERA was four. But, of course, now the real work begins. Of course, uh, you know, much of the focus has been on the Yankees starting pitching and, and, and focus on Garrett Cole. But if you're a Yankee fan and you actually sat and watched the games and you don't get caught up in the hyperbole, the pitching really was not the, the, the primary issue. The primary issue for the Yankees, the last three years at least, in the postseason has been the offense, scoring runs. That has been coming through with the big hit when you need to. So uh, I'm sure Garrett Cole is going to be a focus, and if he ever did, I don't know who the Yankees are going to face in the first round, but if he ever went out and pitched poorly in that one start, his entire season will be judged on that one start. Uh, and, and just the one question that's kind of been out there about Cole and uh, Higashioka, well, you know, is he going to have his own personal catcher? Why, why is that a question? Why wouldn't you? I mean, it's nice that Gary Sanchez has looked at least partially better over the last couple of weeks, but I think that that's at least partially judged through the prism of him being awful before that. So, uh, yeah, of course, you would, and especially now with the amount of games and, the, and, and no off days in the postseason, 
yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna have to play both catchers. I think there's the you could make the argument maybe you uh, I don't think that they will, but you can continue to carry uh, Kratz as a third catcher. So you know Gary is not especially now with Stanton back. You're not going to DH him if Stanton is healthy, or maybe you, you do for a game. But yeah, you could certainly have uh, Higgy catch Cole, especially considering how the numbers have looked so far. Uh, and then the other thing I did want to mention, you know, this will eventually get to the uh, the conversation. You know, the Yankees they have to win it all. Can they win it all? I would just simply say, the American League playoffs are not like the National League playoffs. Like, you take a look at the National League playoffs, it would be pretty much a shock if the Dodgers or Braves are not in the World Series. I get it, it's a short series, it's unpredictable, who knows what happens, but if the Dodgers or Braves are not in the World Series, and you look at the other National League teams, it would kind of be surprising. That's not the case in the American League. I think you could make a compelling argument for just about, if really any team in the American League playoffs makes it to the World Series, I don't think it would be a shock. Right? Like the Rays are really good. It would not be a shot. I mean, they've been better than the Yankees, and they've kind of had the Yankees number over the, the last year and a half or so. Uh, the White Sox have had this magical season. T- uh, Anderson, Tim Anderson, and uh, Brehu, either one could uh, certainly be in the running for MVP this year. Uh, I know the Twins don't have top flight pitching, but you think, I mean, at some point they got to beat the Yankees, right? I mean, their lineup is really, really good. And it looks like they'll have the home field rather than the Yankees, at least in that opening series. The Indians with uh, with Shane Bieber, who's almost uh, he's a lock to be the American League Cy Young. Ramirez and Lindor. I mean, the Astros are just kind of lying in wait. Would it really shock you if the Astros all of a sudden got into the postseason tournament and and won a couple of games and got on a roll? Wouldn't shock me. Wouldn't shock me at all. One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Let's squeeze in a couple calls here because we have headlines today, and I don't want uh, people to uh, go too long on hold. So let's go with Tim in Elmwood Park. Tim, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on? I just wanted to make two quick points for you. Sure. Um, I'm not a delusional Jets fan. I'm a okay. disappointed Jets fan, sure. and uh, I'm disappointed. Right when management went with hiring the coach and the GM at the same time because Chris Johnson said, hey, uh, it's easier for us to do it at the same time instead of it would make it longer. Also, he passed up on a Super Bowl-winning coach for Adam Gaze. You could have had Mike McCartney in his pocket. He literally said, the Jets are the only team I want to go to. And instead, what do they do? They pick some loser who got fired from the Dolphins. Yeah, no, I mean, Tim, look, I mean, it was a puzzling decision at the time. I think uh, it was not only puzzling. I don't know if people, and Tim, thanks for the call. I don't know if people were that ticked off. I mean, there was a section of them that were ticked off that they did not go with Mike McCarthy. But the overwhelm, you know, like the real anger was that the fact that of who they did go with, right? Like the fact that Adam Gase uh, was, the, was the selection. Keep in mind, Adam Gase would not have been hired by anybody else. That that I mean, when he got let go by Miami, there was some talk about Cleveland being the the destination where he was going to go, uh, and it was pretty quickly snuffed out that Cleveland did not want him. Cleveland did not want him. The Cleveland Browns did not want him. I think that tells you all you kind of need to know, right? Ozzy is in West Point. Ozzy, what's going on, my man? Hey, Gordon, how you doing? Uh... Gordon Damer, Michael K, Trivia Show Champion. Thank you, Ozzy. I appreciate that. We've kind of gotten away from that recently, but yes, it still applies. I have not lost the title. Now, I have not defended the title because I've not been asked back, but 
I have not, uh, I've not lost the title, so it still reigns with me. There's no mandatory defenses of that title. Just a quick shout-out. You, you make my 90-minute drive to the Army base completely bearable. Thank uh, you, my friend. My, uh, my question to you is uh, not if, but when the uh, Jets get the uh, first-round pick, uh, number one pick overall, do you think that uh, the whole – should they stay with Sam Darnold or try to get the massive haul of Trev- for Trevor Lawrence up to, let's say, three or even four, four first-round picks, considering that Joey Galloway – a few years ago, got is you know worth two first rounders, but Trevor Lawrence is the way they say he's the next Andrew Luck, you know, a generational talent. Do you think the Jets can get a haul of let's say three, even four first round picks for him? Uh, well, definitely three. I mean, Ozzy, thanks for the call. It would obviously depend on what team is moving up and just how desperate they are. But I would think that there will be if the Jets internally say to themselves, you know what, we don't think that Sam Darnold, we think we, think we have the quarterback. And the real issue is that we need the, to put weapons around him. Well, there'll be no be- – I mean, they already have two first-round picks for Jamal Adams. This is the time. If you know what you're doing, you should be able to stockpile your team with talent left and right. And not just by trading for a couple of first-round picks. You can then, if you know what you're doing – Use those first-round picks, not just in the first round, but in future years. You can set up your franchise for the next five years to really not just make a leap forward, but to become a title contender if you know what you're doing. I myself think that Sam Darnold is at least part of the problem. So if it were me, I would be on board with Trevor Lawrence. I would not trade away the pick. But I guess you still have some time. You have 14 games to kind of see this year. I don't expect Sam to all of a sudden answer all these questions. So I would say I would stick with the pick and uh, take uh, Trevor Lawrence. But it's going to be fascinating. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, you can get – if there's a team in, like, say, the teens or picking 10 or 11 or 12 who wants to move up and get the value, especially if there's more than one, you would think if there's the franchise quarterback that everybody in their – and their mother knows this guy is the generational talent – you are going to be able to hold them up for at least three first-round picks, maybe even more than that. Who knows? This could be. This could absolutely be something along the lines of uh, the Herschel Walker deal, if the Jets decide to go that way. But it doesn't even. Uh, you know, ah, there's a little, long way to go before that. We got a lot of bad football to watch before that. And wouldn't it be? Would it really be that shocking if, at, at the end of the day, the Jets like won a game at the end of the year and uh, they pick second? <laughs> good his last two times out just one earned run and 14 innings pitched as Biggio swings and misses so chop the third there's one on the first it's a double play as they double up Guriel as he strikes out panic swing and a miss Bichette swing and a miss Swing and a miss. That ball gets away from Higashioka. And he fires to Voigt to get Richard. The 2-2. Swing and a miss. Can the Yankees turn two? Oh, yeah. Turn two. 4-4-3. Four, four, <laughs> Strike three. Good way to keep you in the game. Click that. Yeah, Michael Kay, Paul O'Neill, David Cohn, courtesy of the Yes Network. But mostly it's Gary Cole. 
Garrett Cole, another delightful performance yesterday. I, I guess those uh, criticisms, you know what? He's just not worth the money. Uh, well, they'll pop up again if he were to be bad in the postseason. But uh, no, he's uh, certainly been everything as advertised and has actually been better this year than he was last year. Now, unfortunately, this year has been a really weird year. But speaking of weird, today is Wednesday. And we do a little segment that really probably should be titled Things I Read on the Internet. But we call it Headlines. Today's Headlines. Extra, extra. All right, first headline uh, from the New York Post. Fantasy football, how to fix your running back crisis. Well, look, here's the deal. There has been, fantasy football at a time was a wonderful thing. But it's somewhere, it crossed the line, and all of a sudden, we in, I guess the, I guess I, I'm in the industry, it's become this thing where I'm now responsible for your fantasy team. First off, I would say the word crisis might be, that might be uh, improperly used there. I don't know if your running back situation has reached crisis level, but uh, you run your own football team. I don't, I don't have the answers for you. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to do my own thing. And remember when we brought up my mush status in fantasy football? And who did I tell you was on my team from the Jets? Jamison Crowder and Chris Herndon. Everybody's wondering why Chris Herndon has been so bad. You know the answer. Now, maybe you might not be able to explain it to the powers that be, but you know the answer. It's because I touched him. And sometimes I like to bring people together, but at the same time, I have this other side of me where I'm an agent of chaos. And uh, that's one of my uh, examples of an agent of chaos. All right, next headline. Extra, extra. Uh, Oregon Town hoping goats can help uh, in the fight against wildfires. Well, those wildfires are very, very serious. I, has anybody asked the goats if they want to help on the wildfires? I don't. Th- I think if you ask the goats, if I mean, if you could get an answer out of them, I don't think that they would say yes. All right, moving on. Extra, extra. Rising populations of wild hogs worrying experts. Many deemed super pigs. Who are these? There are pig experts around. Where are these pig experts, and how did we find them, and how did they get that title? I think that they might be uh, inflating their resume some. Moving on. Extra, extra. This one is fascinating to me, and maybe it is to you too, Brian. Uh, Rapper Machine Gun Kelly. Do we know Machine Gun Kelly? I don't think Uh, I know Machine Gun Kelly. Yes, I do, because he's in a a couple movies now. All right. Well, Well, here they say he's a rapper. I don't know. He claims that he was on LSD. When he hit an inside-the-park home run at a celebrity softball game in Cleveland last year at the baseball all-star game, they have this celebrity softball game. Well, look, I mean, you shouldn't do LSD, uh, and but you have to say on the other side, that's pretty impressive, right, to be able to hit an inside-the-park home run while dealing with what I assume to be the terrifying effects of LSD. We at the station, we have the we didn't have it this year because of the pandemic, but the Don LaGreca charity game every single year. And we have people at the Same. station that can't hit the ball at all. I mean, it just so I think Brian, just make a note uh that when the next one pops up of the Don LaGreca charity game, oh yeah. Maybe we got to get a couple of people to, I'll leave them nameless, but <laughs> we got to get them a couple of little I don't what do you a tab of LSD, a Maybe stamp a little, of LSD? I I guess a tab will work, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Wait, I'll it's say working this. for Machine Gun Kelly. He also right. has Machine Gun Fox. Kelly, I mean, he might stink too. But yeah. I mean, and and you might say, Gordon, that's not going to help. Uh, trust me, as seeing some of the performances the the uh, charity game 
I will say this. It's not going to make it any worse. I can tell you that right now it will not make it any worse. All right, moving on. Extra, extra. You know what? It's getting late. Let's just get to uh, Florida Man, everybody's favorite. Uh, All right, Florida Man fights off alligator attack by poking it in the eyes. Extra, extra. Uh, I guess you don't punch him in the nose, right? You lose your hand. Uh, Florida Man falsely reports dead body to get ride home. Extra, extra. Florida man accused of forcing his way into a local home to steal expensive shoes. Extra, extra. Florida woman poses as dead husband after burying him under a concrete slab. Extra, extra. You'll never get service under that concrete slab. That was the problem with her plan. A Florida man arrested after trying to blame drugs on homeless guy. Extra, extra. A Florida woman arrested accused of hitting man with a windshield wiper. Extra, extra. Florida man says, you got me, after getting pulled over for a DUI. Extra, extra. And then finally, Florida man arrested for running a flying squirrel smuggling operation. Extra, extra. All right, that's going to do it for headlines. That's going to do it for Florida man. So we finally found the breaking point in poll questions involving the Jets. First day, excellent. Second day, very good. Third day, uh, enough is enough. <laughs> Nobody, at this point, I don't care. I'm going to have to watch him. You know, if you're a Jet fan, you got to watch him on Sunday. It's Wednesday, Gordon. Let me have a little respite. But that is the direction we went because the awfulness surrounding the Jets has just been so off the charts bad that we went with that for the poll question today. And it is, at this point, should Jet fans want their team to play better this season, right? you got 14 more games of this. And if you're a football fan, if you're a Jet fan, you can't just blow off games. You can't just blow out, ah, you know what, the season's over. I'm not going to watch anymore. No, if you're a real fan, you got to watch week in and week out. This is not baseball where you can avoid a couple of games or the NBA or something else. No, you got to watch every single week. So at this point, should Jet fans want their team to play better? And it seems like the reasonable fans have have woken up and have now started to impact the poll. It's still very close, but at least now no is actually leading, of course. And I don't think there's really anything really to be gained. And, and mostly it's about the the possibility that if you say, of course, you are increasing the odds, maybe not greatly, but you're increasing the odds that Adam Gase could re, be, could return for a third year, right? You can't, you'll hear those lines. You can't keep firing coaches every couple of years and expect them to turn things around. So, uh, all right. So that's the poll question. It's up on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Gordon Damer, but you know what? This person has been out there for a while doing their thing, which is their thing is to be awful. Uh, but we've actually, I think found somebody who is actually worse at their job than Adam Gase. Adam Gase in his first year in Miami, went to the playoffs. Adam Gase has worked with Peyton Manning before. He has accolades on his resume. I mean, we want we might not want to hear them now, but at least he can spin it in some ways. Angel Hernandez is a major league umpire who has been awful at his job for as long as I can remember. And I can kind of prove it to you in five seconds. You know how? You probably know who Angel Hernandez is. I would simply say, name another baseball umpire. Off the top of your head at 5, whatever it is, 50 in the morning. It's a little difficult to come up with another. If you said, name me a baseball umpire, Angel Hernandez or Joe West would probably be the first ones that come to mind. And if you know an umpire's name off the top of your head, 
almost certainly it's because they're awful. He was calling the game last night. What was it, the White Sox and Indians? And I didn't watch the game. I just saw the highlights. His strike zone was so bad. If you went to your job today and were as bad as your job, as he was, just for a single day, not a, a, a constant reputation as being this bad, your boss would say to you either, what the hell's wrong with you, or he would fire you. That's how bad he is. So the other day, Josh Donaldson had this big brouhaha about uh, you know balls and strikes. He hit a home run, and he covered up the plate with dirt, got kicked out of the game. And part of his, his issue was there's no accountability, uh, accountability for umpires. And Angel Hernandez has been terrible for years. He makes Enrico Palazzo look good. He's been terrible for years. Everyone knows he's terrible. And yet, there he is. They just trot him out again. It's amazing. For all the talk about the baseball players' union being so strong, it's the strongest union, I got to think the baseball umpires' union's got to be right behind because this guy still has a job. And again, just go to Twitter and put in Angel Hernandez, and you'll see what he was calling balls and strikes. It's, it's unbelievable. It's, he is that bad at his job, and I think actually is worse at his job than Adam Gase. Uh, let's go to Spike in Jersey. Spike, what's going on, my friend? Good morning, my friend. You you know, uh, the Jets are in really bad shape, and they should just, uh, you know, play for the draft pick when my friend Ira gives up so badly that he's looking. He said this on the radio. After the first game, he was looking at next year's draft. Yeah. He's the the most positive guy since General George Custer, you know, when it comes to the Jets. I mean, he... It's that bad. it's that bad. You know, I've, I've listened to him for 30 years. I mean, he, I feel terrible for him. I know the guy. Great guy. He's lost his edge, and he always finds something positive, you know? It's like what the marriage council tells you. Well, that's what I read anyway. Anyway, it's good, good to hear you. And uh, we got the Yankees. And like I told you yesterday, I'll take Cole and Tanaka and I'll play anyone they want in the parking lot. That's the way I feel. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, the baseball playoffs are going to be wild this year because of the extra field and everything else. And Spike, thanks for the call. Um, uh, it's just that, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to feel. Like, I think the Yankees could beat anybody, clearly, but I am a little, it almost is in the American League playoffs, anybody could beat anybody. So it's a little bit, uh, the, the, you know, this is not the National League playoffs where it's the Dodgers and Braves and, and basically everybody else, you know. There are no Marlins in the uh, in the American League play. You know, there's no layups. Even as good as the Yankees have been against the Twins, you have to. I mean, you have to be honest. At some point, right? The Twins have got to win one. All right, let's go to Omar. Is in Brooklyn, Omar, my friend. What's going on? I figured I would have heard from you on Monday. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Oh, How yes. Are you? Yeah. Let me ask you this question. Right. When are you going start. to stop this? And every new fan that is watching sports these days, right? What are they going to do when every team loses one or two games? Like, oh, let's go for a tank. Let's oh, great quarterback is coming. A great player, Zion Williamson, is coming. And they don't make the playoffs. And they fire the coach. Oh, the guy wanted the coach. Tank it, according to the manager. And then he gets fired. Oh, the Rockets, everybody. No, Jet fan. Oh, tank for the season. Oh, we get a new quarterback like Sam Donald was a franchise quarterback. But Omar, this is not about the quarterback. This is not about the draft. This is not about the quarterback. This is about the coach. Omar, I'll make you the trade right now. We'll 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 take Adam Gase. We'll we'll ship him up to Buffalo, and he'll be your head coach. How do you feel? I got my. No, 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 no. I'm saying, but we we will give you Adam Gase. Team doesn't tank. But I'm saying, if you had a coach like that, 
and you had an ownership group like that, you're saying, well, you know what? I just want to win games, and if it means that the coach is back for another year and I can throw away another year, I'll be okay with it. I'm not, okay. You can fire the coach, but why do you have to tank? Because you tell because ownership, Omar, Omar, thanks for the Omar, thanks for the call. Because ownership is that clueless. Now, look, I'm not saying that firing Adam Gase is going to fix all the problems of the Jets, but I don't think you can get to the other problems of the Jets until you get rid of the coach. The coach clearly has no answer. Through two games, the team has seemed so incapable that we're talking about the worst performances in Jets history. Think of all that entails that we could still be taking nominations for that. Well, you know what's next? Not me. I'm done for the day. We'll be back tomorrow, 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.